You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. When I was in Bible college, we had a uh, curfew on the weekends. We actually had two curfews. One was at midnight and one was at 2 a.m. And I remember our dorm dad, Doug Aldridge, would set us guys aside each year and he'd say, nothing good happens after midnight in Joplin, Missouri. Everything closes and you're going to find yourself getting in trouble if you continue to spend time after midnight. And I've thought about those words many times over the years, and many times what he said is true. But there's a story in the book of Acts that shows that when we face trouble, we have a choice in how we're going to respond. We see this in Acts chapter 16, and that's where we're going to camp out, and I would encourage you to go ahead and start turning there. But before we start talking about Acts 16, we're actually going to talk about Philippians, and, and you'll understand how these two relate in just a second. Today we're starting a series on the book of Philippians. I like to call it the coffee mug uh, book of the Bible. It has uh, all of these great verses that you see on coffee mugs. To live as Christ is gain. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And you'll see this word rejoice or joy about 16 times in the book of Philippians. I mean, Paul points that out time and time again. What's interesting is uh, that he uses that word joy while he's under house arrest. Uh, Philippians is what we call one of the prison epistles. He's writing this while he's under house arrest or while he's in jail. Uh, Philippi was a Roman colony situated in current uh, northern Greece. It was named after Philip II, the father of Alexander the Great. It had around 10 to 15,000 people in it. Uh, about 40% of them were Romans and 60% were Greeks. Uh, there was a lot of retired Roman soldiers that lived there with farmers and service providers and slaves. It was located on a chief uh, major trade route between Europe and Asia. Uh, Philippi was a chief commercial center with a mixture of different nationalities and religions and social levels. Uh, Paul founded the church around uh, 52 AD uh, on his second missionary journey with Silas and Timothy. Uh, they didn't plan on going there, but the Holy Spirit ended up leading them there. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 16. Uh, we, uh, if you turn in the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you have the book of Acts. Acts 16, starting at verse 11, it says, We boarded a boat uh, at Troas, sailed straight across the, to the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed at Nepalus. And verse 12, From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. We sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was a woman named Lydia from Thyatira, 
a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened up her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying and she and her household were baptized. And she asked us to be her guest. And if you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she urged us until we agreed. And so the church of Philippi were, was started, or uh, some of the very first believers were women. And one of those women being Lydia, a seller of purple cloth, a religious woman, a person who worshipped God but didn't know about Jesus. And Paul explains to her about Jesus. And, and we'll see that she was baptized and her entire family was baptized. Uh, a theme that we'll see in the book of Acts is that when people came to know Jesus, they got baptized. And they, they told the world that I'm a follower of Jesus. And baptism is far more than a physical event. It's far more than just being dunked into water. It, it has spiritual and symbolic significance. Spiritually, baptism illustrates the burial uh, and, and the resurrection. And it signals, or Jesus' burial and resurrection, and it signals an individual's new life as a Christian. It symbolizes a person, person's desire to die to the old life and to be raised up into a new life as a believer in Christ with God's Spirit in their life. And now notice this with Lydia. Once she heard the good news, and she was baptized, and her whole household was baptized. And some of you, you might be hearing about Jesus for the first time, or maybe over the last several weeks. And you've heard about how Jesus has died on the cross for you and rose again. And that He's shown you grace and compassion and, and love. And you, you're saying, hey, I, I want to believe in Christ. I, I want to be a follower. I want to get baptized. And, and Jesus is knocking at your heart saying, hey, it's, it's time for you to get baptized. Uh, others of you, you're in the process of thinking about baptism. You're trying to understand what it is, and you're trying to ask yourself, are, are you ready? Now, others of you, you've been delaying it for some time, like the Holy Spirit's been knocking, and you've kind of put the Holy Spirit on hold. I, I have a good friend named Bill that uh, a couple months ago, he ended up sending me a text, I think it was on a Saturday, and he said, hey, uh, I'm ready to get baptized. And, and I thought he had already been baptized. He was already active at Castle Hills. He was serving in, in the children's ministry, helped us out with Awana and, and several other activities. And, and he, he said, hey, I, I've delayed this for too long. I, I, quite honestly, I'm embarrassed because I haven't been baptized. I, I knew I should have been baptized a, a lot longer. I, I should have been baptized uh, several years ago, but I put it off. And that may be some of you, that you, you put it off, but now the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, it's time to do this. And, and so I want to encourage you, if, if you want to get baptized, talk to, talk to me or one of our ministers or one of our elders. And see, the church in Philippi started with Lydia and, and some other women worshiping. And, and then if you keep on reading, you'll see that there's a slave girl with a spirit that can Till the future. She actually made her slave owners a, a lot of money by doing this. And she begins following uh, Paul and Silas around. And, and she actually keeps on bugging them and she keeps on screaming out, and these are servants of the Most High God. And they will tell you how to be saved. Now, now here's this demon that's actually telling the truth. 
but it gets on Paul's nerves because every place they go, there's this, this girl, she's just yelling out and, and, and screaming out day after day. And so finally, Paul commanded this demon to come out of her, and it did. But here's the problem. Once that demon came out of her, it lost her owners a lot of money. And so they got upset, and they began to stir up the city against Paul and Silas. And they have them arrested. They have them stripped and beaten. And they're thrown into an inner dungeon with no chance to escape. They're in stocks. Now, when I say inner dungeon or inner prison, inner prisons were usually the lowest part of the building. It was disgusting. It's where all the fecal matter went down into. It was dark and dank, and it was just not a place that you wanted to be. And then when we say that their feet were in stocks, and don't think about the modern stocks like you see uh, that you take a picture uh, with your kids in where, you're, where, they're, where you put your hands and feet in. You take this cute little picture. Roman stocks were chained, suspended from the ceiling. Uh, they, they lay you on your back and hook your ankles into clamps and, and pull you upside down and then strike you on the bottom of your feet. It, it was very, very painful. Verse 25, Acts chapter 16, it says this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and, and other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison's doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, and so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all here! Eventually, the jailer asked, Hey, what must I do to be safe? He was very impressed. And verse 31, it said, they replied, believe in the Lord, your Lord Jesus, uh, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour and night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household uh, were immediately baptized. Again, we see that over and over. Uh, what a beginning of the Philippian church. Uh, Lydia, a slave girl, a, a jailer, all uh, get freedom. They they, I, I believe that that slave girl, chances are uh, she continued to follow uh, Paul and Silas. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, but right now, I want to get a little devotional with you. What do you do when midnight comes? When midnight is, midnight is that time of darkness, that confusion, uh, when you're surrounded by people, yet you still feel lonely, you still don't feel like you can just be you. It's that time that, you're, that you feel like you're failing as a parent. It's that dark place of frustration where you feel like you're stuck in a prison. It's dark, it's difficult, it's uncomfortable. And at midnight, you hear all these noises. I don't know about you, but at night when I'm in bed, I can hear noises. I can hear the ice maker, I can hear the refrigerator, I can hear the water softener, I can hear the wind sometimes go, go against the windows or a branch. And I, sometimes I can hear kittens outside my, my window. And sometimes, especially when I was a kid, a lot of these noises were, were spooky. And I think we hear midnight noises as well, these nighttime noises. And it says your situation is hopeless. It says COVID will never end. It says you'll never feel better. better. Yeah, you're a terrible person. And you hear all of these noises. And the question is, what will you do when midnight comes? 
Paul and Silas, they couldn't sleep. They were uncomfortable. They were in chains. It was dark. And they started singing and praying. And, and Paul says to Silas, sing, my brother. That's, that's how I picture it. Sing. Let's, let's praise God. Let's, let's worship. Let's pray. And see, see, joy is not about your circumstance. It's about how you respond to your midnight experience. Trust God that He will get you through it no matter what, that we can have hope in Christ. So what will you do at midnight? Will you complain? Will you get angry? Will you get discouraged? Or will you sing and will you pray?